thing here on the headset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me see if I can. Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. All right, here we go. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. It actually sounds pretty good around here. Oh, there we go. All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Tim Hody Patriot. Welcome, My welcome, welcome. My name's Jacob. I'm David. So here we are for uh, dude. I don't even know what number of podcast this is. Four, five, five, I think five. I don't know. Four, I think. Hold on, two parts. Either way, we haven't been around in a while. Yeah, uh, we've been neglecting our duties. No doubt, we have amateur podcasters. We have been neglecting our duties, and I appreciate a couple of you reaching out, calling us out on. But it was on the last podcast that we uh we dropped them on Instagram, um, Mm. and we do have. We do have several followers, and then it got shared around because last weekend I told you in that three days we jumped, we jumped. Right, our followers went we, up. We hadn't bit. we hadn't posted anything in over a month to our podcast, and our listeners well, jumped. People just started listening. Yeah, it jumped by almost twenty listeners, and I was like, "Good job." Yeah. So, so yeah, that'll bring us into. Mm, I tell you what, we talked about growing exponentially last last time. Did we? We uh, we jumped up by. Another exponential, exponential. <laughs> yeah. So it's still coming in. So again, thanks for uh, tuning in to the Pinhody Patriot. Um, and I mean, just a just a quick. Just I think we should just go ahead and start off with what we're drinking. Jacob, what do you, what do you got there? Um, well, this is about my second gin and tonic. Last, yeah. Um, yeah, gin and soda, right? Gin and soda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tonic water has little too much sugar. Right. Um, club soda that we have in there. Um, how about you there, David? You got gin, soda, and lime. I got uh, tequila, Topo Chico, and lime. Of course, ranch water, ranch baby. Ranch water, yeah. Let's talk yeah. about the ranch water, Zach. Um, again, if you want to follow us on Instagram, at the Pin Hoodie Patriot, you'll see us there. Um, at the Pin Hoodie Patriot? We are. It's Pin Hoodie Patriot. Okay, so at, at Pin Hoodie Patriot. Patriot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, at Pin Hoodie Patriot. So <laughs> we've done a little bit, shared around, so. But yeah, y'all, thank thank you for following us over there. And like we said, once we get to a uh, hundred subscribers, you know what we said last time, we're gonna give away a uh, a couple T-shirts. So y'all just be looking forward to that as we keep getting those subscribers coming in. Um, but yeah, we uh we actually, I mean, just to recap on this past week, uh, this past Wednesday, yeah, we both had some time and we went down um, downtown Marietta again. We didn't go back to Glover Park. We went to place almost next door. Yeah, it was yeah, it was right down the road from it, wasn't yeah. it? Um, Johnny McCracken. Honestly, the best time I've had in a while. Dude, Johnny McCracken. I had a great time with Johnny. And we wanted to we wanted to record <laughs> after Johnny McCracken. A couple people there asked us when we were going to drop our next podcast, um, and we told them we were recording that night. But uh, me and David, of course, got too drunk. <laughs> yeah, it's par for the course with the two of us. We drank a little too much, um, which. I mean, which one of you surprised? Hopefully none of you by this point. Yeah. So, but yeah, Johnny McCracken's was banged up good food. I honestly had the best meal I've had in a while there. Um, th- if you go to Johnny McCracken's, which I highly recommend, get the, I had the chicken, sh- I had the chicken schnitzel, and it was one of the best meals I've ever had in a long time. Yeah. I mean, I have n- absolutely no complaints. No, about the all. chicken schnitzel. I really about anything. The tuna dip was amazing. You see, I wasn't a huge fan of the tuna dip because I'm not a big tuna, like, 
tuna guy. Right. Like, I smoke tuna, tuna cakes, dip. crab cakes. Mm, I've never been a crab dip. Never been a tuna, tuna dip. It, well, it was just out there. David's not into it. I'm telling you, folks, I haven't had a tuna dip like that since uh, since since the last time I was down in Panama City. Well, see, me and Chloe, uh, we got like the pimento cheese dip, right? I think it was something else there too, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't. Know. I think it was just pimento cheese. No, y'all's pimento the uh, the yeah, we had the, the pita bread, the, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just pimento cheese. It was just, pimento, yeah, it was a spicy pimento cheese. Okay, and it was, it was fucking good. It was good, dude. It was delicious. Pimento cheese dip was good. Mine was all right. They, they didn't ask me how I wanted my, my patty milk cooked, and so it came rare bones. Yeah. Um, which could have been all right, but I mean, we ended up, uh, you know us being out, uh, we took, took dinner, Irish car bombs. Yeah, man. Irish car bombs. We, oh man. And I, heck, I don't even. Did we record after St. Patty's Day? Did we talk about me and you on St. Patrick's Day? I did, don't even know. I, did I we record on St. Patrick's Day? No, I don't we, th- didn't no we didn't record. We got too drunk on St. Patrick's Day. All right, mine, a recap of mine and David's St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> we didn't have anything going on. We didn't even leave the house. We did. Yeah, we went to the store. We picked up Jameson. We picked up some Bailey's Irish Cream, and we picked up. Like eight, an 18, 18 pack, pack of Guinness. Guinness. Yeah. We still have that Guinness in the fridge. Uh, we got a couple left, but we came back here. We sat down at our table across from each other, and we started pounding it. Just Irish car bombs, one right after another. Boom, 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 boom. I, I'm surprised I didn't get sick. It because was a miracle. whenever I have an Irish car bomb now, I'm like, that is disgusting. We, we were posting all of them online. And I'm telling you, if we would have had the Instagram up, by, up and running by then, that would have been a perfect time to get a little... <laughs> <coughs> get a little action on our on our Instagram page, but we had people FaceTiming us to join us on our little car bomb uh, adventure. Yeah, more of an expedition. It was a rocky road, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, but we made it down. I fell down in the driveway after because we decided to go on a walk. Right, we did. At like midnight. Yeah. Uh, Rough. M- uh, miracle. Miracle we made it down. We didn't get one. sick, no, honestly. I, we held it down, but I was hurting the next day, though. Hurting. Absolutely hurting. Bad day. But no, Johnny McCracken, we did again have more of our sandwich Irish car bombs against David's will. I for, almost <laughs> forced them down his throat. Ah, disgusting, I, dude. I love an Irish car bomb. No, uh, and uh, oh, Elijah Levi. No, yeah, he was out there with us. Elijah Levi, Eli, <laughs> whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> he came. With, oh, he was out there with us, and uh, of course, Chade. Uh, Chade. <laughs> he was out there with us, and of course, he was asking about the podcast. And we were having the we were having a time. We might even, we might need to drop a picture of us as a group on uh onto our Instagram just to let people know old Johnny McCrackens was was a happening place that night. We even got asked if we were influencers <laughs> 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 when we were taking the picture. We were taking the picture, and somebody said, "Are y'all influencers?" I don't even yeah. remember that, dude. I looked at that guy. I was like, almost. <laughs> was it the Was it the black guy that came down there? That no, no, thing? it was the the idiot with the gauges in his ears. He had on I don't even remember that gauges. guy. He walked by while while we were taking pictures. He's like, "Wow, are y'all influencers?" And I was like, mm, "He's probably being a fucking smartass." Oh, right he definitely now. was. Yeah, and I that was like, "Fucking cocksucker!" More than that ugly piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, Johnny McCrackens was a, it was a good time. We'll be back. Uh, so McCrackens, you get ready. Yeah, couldn't recommend Johnny McCrackens enough. It was a great time. They in the back they had a little campfire going. Yeah, and they had like a whole patio that they had like. Couple of liberal chicks. Right couple of liberal chicks tried to have some conversation with us. Shade shut that down quick. <laughs> they asked him what he wanted to talk about, and he said, hm, "I'd rather not." I'd talk. rather not. <laughs> Dude, I fucking died. I was cracking up laughing. Day. They left shortly after. Uh, 
Not that we have anything against liberals, but we have something against liberals. Uh, when she started talking about how her bike got stolen in Portland, I was like, okay, all right. And she had purple hair. I was like, okay, I know what this bitch is about. Yeah, yeah, it was, she, she's annoying. I'm glad she shut up. I mean, the thing was, like, it wasn't, it's not like she sat down at, a, like, an area with us. It was an open area with, right. like, five different groups of people. And she was just talking to the, talking to, to, the, every, to yeah, everybody. Just the masses. Like, like, it was like. This is like she un- had quite an audience. Yeah, it was an unwarranted conversation though. Yeah. And so when she asked Chad what he actually wanted to talk about, and he just looked at her and said, "Yeah," she was like, "I." She was she was telling fucking stories about Portland and shit. And we're all just <laughs> drinking, just kind of sitting. Drinking. Yeah. And she was like, "I oh, I'm sorry for monopolizing conversation. What do you want to talk about?" And she pointed at Chad, and Chad was just, I mean, just <clears throat> cool as ice. Was just like, I'd rather not. <laughs> And she was heartbroken. Yeah, she really wanted a conversation to go somewhere. Yeah. But, uh, you know. I right after that, she went inside. She left. She yeah. did. Poor gal. Poor gal. Uh, you know. And that she wanted some friends, man. We should have went out to her. But it's not like we were mean to her. She, she could have just sat there. Chad was wanted. mean to her. That was that was a mean thing to say. No doubt. If she would have sat down next to me. Well, I think it got weird when that creepy guy sat down next to her. That guy was fucking weird. Yeah, he, that, was he sat down next to her friend. Yeah. She didn't really didn't have much to say, but yeah, that guy was weird. Yeah, he was. Um, creepy he dude. he did not have good. He intentions. was giving me creepy vibes for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, he brought. I mean, who goes to a bar by himself? Yeah, takes a dog and with a dog. Like not even a cute dog, like a. To me, that screams. I brought this dog for female attention, and I'm gonna take advantage of, any of this you get. dog, especially to after get you attention get from women. You know? Especially after the because women you get because drunk. women tend to flock towards the dog, whether they're cute or not. It could be ugly as shit, but they're gonna flock towards that dog. Yeah, it, it was a well-behaved dog though. It was good behaved, probably probably better behaved than he is. But that dog's just telling him, "Don't come pet me. You don't want to come pet me." Yeah, he he, he, stay he away. wasn't really having it honestly. My owner's a molester. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trust me, <laughs> you don't want no part of this. <laughs> if that dog can talk, if he. If he does anything to you like he does me, you don't want no part of this. <laughs> that dog that poor dog's probably been molested more times than he can count. Because <laughs> that man goes home empty-handed. <laughs> like, all right, you didn't bring me no girl home. So. Damn it, Daisy. <laughs> until you bring me a girl, the molesting will continue <laughs> until you bring me a girl home. Oh, gosh, I love it. Well, that, yeah, that was a good time. But we were going to record, and I was actually, we were sitting there talking about what we were going to talk about when we were leaving. And uh, I was going to tell you a story about Matthew McConaughey. Because I just That's finished, right. I just finished his new book. He dropped a new book last year during 2020. Um, obviously, I think wherever he's living, he had a little, he had a lot of time to sit down and write. Does he live in Texas? I'm not real sure where he's at. Um, he, he, he teaches at Texas, but I think everything shut down, of course, you know, because we all did. Um they were one of the first to open back up. They were Florida. one of the first first to open back up, and then by all means, we need to keep opening back up. But uh, he he put out his book Green Lights, which I highly recommend as well. Um, Green Lights is written by Matthew McConaughey, and I would say, I mean, it's kind of a story of his life, but it's it's more of a story about how he approaches life, um, and which is which is Excuse interesting. Me. But the story I was going to tell you, uh, buddy, was the fact that Matthew Matthew McConaughey after his first movie. Um, well, it's not his first movie, but his first big break. Yeah, his first big break, which was a time to kill. Me and you watched it the other day. Good movie. It was a great movie. Um, 
I mean, he did a, I mean, he did a wonderful job acting in that movie. If y'all I really sit down and watch movie. it, yeah, the end of it is just, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson's in the movie, Sandra Bullock, wonderful movie. But, but man, I tell you what, and that was, I mean, he was, I think he was 23 years old when he came into Elvis. Just crazy to think about. Handsome man. He was, he was good looking. He was good looking for sure. <laughs> Chloe's not allowed to watch that movie. Is she not? No. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm telling you. Well, the, I mean, the fact that he stayed loyal to his wife through all of that while he had Sandra Bullock hitting on him the whole time, my gosh. He about didn't. He, oh, I'm telling you. And, I mean, she was like, you want to stay? And he's like, yep, I do. That's why I got to go. And, yeah. uh, I mean, he was, I tell you what. Not only was he I thought he was going to fall on his temptation. I thought he was. I mean, he was strong, 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 strong man. Will. I tell you what, that. Most most good men would have fell into temptation at that point. Tell you what, Sandra Bullock. It was acting though, it wasn't real. It life. was acting, but there's no telling what he did in real life. Twenty three year old man. Well, Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Mm. There's no telling what he did in real life. No telling. Well, he didn't write about that in his book. If he did do anything, I'm sure. I'm sure he keeps that kind of stuff secret. You know. Yeah, it's a pretty personal book. And when I when I was writing about the book in my journal, when I was just trying to describe it, uh, I used authentic and raw to when I was trying to just kind of summarize his approach to writing the book mm-hmm. um, but at the same time like Matthew McConaughey writes a book he's not gonna he's not gonna publish it you know what I'm saying right like it's not like he's probably had a hard time publishing it. I mean he, the book's 30 bucks right now like as far as I know it's like right. it's an expensive book like people are just buying it because of who he is is it a number number one New York Times bestseller I don't know That'll probably seems like every damn book is a number one it made it sometimes yeah New York Times bestseller I think I think the New York Times bestsellers they they judge those on five minute periods um, in my my school yeah it's like well this five minute period Jane ate your ham well Jane ate your <laughs> ham ain't made anymore but you know yeah. that's, that's how they do it and then they just label it and it just sells more books so I don't know how that works I don't but know how it works either every I'm book's a New York Times bestseller just about just yeah. about uh, but no so he in the book after that big break of his, he had a wet dream. Did he really? He had a wet dream after that big break of his. And the wet dream was he was, I mean, I'm talking raw. I mean, he came and woke up to just come in his bed. Like, he, yeah, all, like he had a full-on wet dream. He put that in his wet book. Dream. Yeah, he, and he described the wet dream. He is naked, and he is floating on his back down the Amazon River. And he's wrapped up in anacondas. And there are crocodiles all around him. And as he's floating down the Amazon River, there's African tribesmen and lions lining both sides of the river. And he says, 13 friends, 13 whatever, and came. That's what he said. And I'm sitting there. So that's what he nutted to. He nutted to. That was his wet dream. Well, he woke up from that dream, not knowing what to do with his life after this crazy big break of his. And uh, he was like, you know what? I'm going to chase down my wet dream. And so he grabs a map, and he knows two things about the wet dream. He was floating down the Amazon River, and he was on the edges of the Amazon River where African tribesmen. Well, the funny thing about that is... Before we go any farther, you realize the Amazon River is is in in South South America. Yeah, South America. That's what I'm saying. Not Africa. No, not at all. And that's one thing he didn't realize about it either. Okay. Um, I was making sure that you were... No, for sure, yeah. And it's kind of comical to think about, but he didn't know that either. But yeah. he knew it was the Amazon, and he knew it was African <laughs> tribesmen, you know. So, it's but, so funny. I mean, this was his wet dream. I can, I'm not discrediting his wet dream, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, that's not real. It's a dream, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, I mean, he immediately grabs an atlas and he says he searched for the Amazon River in Africa for <laughs> so long. <laughs> He's looking that for it so funny. until he realizes it's in South America. Um, needless to say, 
the man goes to South America, and he hikes. He gets down there. He stays with the people, and he hikes. He gets all the way to the Amazon River, and uh, finally, when he's not looking for it, he sees it. Uh, he floated down the Amazon River naked. Um, he said he didn't tell him because he didn't. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, did, he didn't tell him. He said he wasn't wrapped up with it. Uh, That's what it was. There was no. There was no anacondas there. Or African men watching him, yeah. or, uh, or crocodiles. I don't know, man. Weird, but he. D- I mean, he did it. He chased it down, and he had a pif- He had an epiphany while he was down there. But it was earlier in the book when I read that, because obviously that was right at the beginning of his career. So I can't remember the epiphany that that he had. But what stuck with me was after he had. It was five years later. Five years later, he had another big movie. It was a chick flick. Um, and he he had this chick flick. It was. I mean. Do you remember the name of the movie? I, it might have been The Wind of Jolo. Uh, I don't. I don't. I could look it up. He was in a lot of chick flicks there for a while at the beginning of his career. I mean, he was good. Understandably, so. Yeah, he was a good-looking man. Yeah. He could swim the ladies. Well, five years later, after he had this first wet dream, he had his second wet dream. Well, his second wet dream though was the exact same wet dream he had five years prior, and he was floating on his back down the Amazon River. This is getting weird. Wrapped up in anacondas, being basically escorted by crocodiles with African tribesmen, and he said. 13 frames, 13 whatever. I don't know what and that means, came, 13 frames. I don't get it. It's just in his head, you know. He, he basically wrote down the way he seen it. I don't know. It was crazy. But he wakes up from this one, and he's like, he's like, I got to chase down the other half of my wet dream, is what he says to himself. And so the dude's like, I got to go meet some, I got to go to Africa. And he doesn't even know where to go in Africa, because unlike the Amazon River, he had a point to get to in South America. But this one's just African tribesmen. Why, what river is he in? Well, he doesn't go to a river. So he, while he plays his bongo drum, um, because he played, and that was a big thing too. Do you ever hear that story about him getting arrested in his own house for disturbing the peace for playing the bongo drum while he was smoking weed like at 3 o'clock in the damn morning? Mm-mm. Well, And he got arrested naked, and he refused to put pants on <laughs> because they broke into his house. Well, they let him go because the guys broke into his house, blah, blah, blah and he had, to fi- he had to pay a fine for disturbing the peace. But the cops broke into his house and pinned him to the floor while he was naked, confiscated his marijuana, and arrested him, and then tried to get him to put pants on before they took him downtown, but he wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, I mean, crazy scene. So there, there was a guy, an African artist that he listened to while he would play his bongo drums naked at night while he smoked marijuana. And so he was like, you know what, I'm just going to go see this African uh, ancient familiar. That's what he said to himself. Um, and so he basically, five years after he goes to the Amazon, he goes to Africa. Well, this time, over in Africa, he finds the guy, and the guy basically welcomes him in. He's like, "Hey, like," and they have a nice dinner. Um, he tells him he's a big fan. He doesn't know him any more than because obviously he's not a big fan of Africa. He's right. Like they're not watching his movies. Yeah. Um, and they have a nice dinner, and he basically asks the guy. He's like, "He's like, man, why don't you ever come to America?" And the guy was like, "Well, in America, I'm a drive shit." That's what he said to him. Drive shit. And. Uh, after a time, he's like, well, like we like elaborate there, translator and whatnot. But uh, he said, uh, he said, down here in Africa, I'm wet shit. He said, because when you hear me, I stick, I stick with you, and you, s- you smell my scent, my scent for forever. You can't get rid of it. And he said, I prefer to be wet shit over here than dried shit in a land with a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so basically, the the metaphor is be like wet shit. You know, and it's like when you step in wet shit, 
that sticks to the bottom of your shoe. Might even ruin a pair of shoes. You can't right. get rid of the smell. You smell it for however long, but when you step mm-hmm. in dried shit, you don't even know it. It yep. doesn't stick to it or anything. So Matthew McConaughey leaves this guy, and he's like, "Huh, like that's a simple enough life advice. Just live life like wet shit." Yeah. Um, well, while he's leaving there, the the translator he has is like, "Hey, uh, Mr. McConaughey, I have I I know a place that I think that you would like to go." And he's like, "It's a it's a tribe that lives over here. They have a span of villages, and uh, they have records that date back to like extra." terrestrial like intervention and stuff like this and he was like and they're, they're two tribes and he's like I think you should I think you would like it we should go so Mr. McConaughey's like alright let's go let's go do it so they get out there and they find these tribes and he's going through the villages and of course the guy's trying to translate into this African uh, native dialect yeah. you know but it's a dialect that they have of their own um, but basically they Start. They start asking what he does, and obviously they don't know what an actor is. They don't have any TV or anything. Right. And so basically, Matthew McConaughey tells the translator to tell them this this tribe that he is a writer and a boxer. So <laughs> a boxer. Yeah. So now he's a writer and a boxer, and he's going through these tribes, and they have different villages all the way down there. Well, they're traveling through these villages. Well, one day they're they're like napping on the side of the road, and Matthew McConaughey like wakes up to two like in two of these African tribesmen. And they're like talking at him, they're like pointing at him and yelling at him and chanting at him. And he just knows it's not good. Yeah. Um, so he wakes up and he stands up like obviously on guard at this point. And it's like in the middle of this village. And this is the village where the chief of the village is, uh, you know, like the, this, this is one of the larger villages. And these guys are chanting at him, saying all this kind of stuff. And uh, these, these, guy, these African tribesmen are pointing at him and the translator starts translating everything that they're saying to Matthew McConaughey while he's on his feet and they're saying that uh, one of them is the best fighter in the village and like they, they want they were basically challenging him to a fight and like they're like angry you know and Matthew McConaughey's like on guard well then all of a sudden these two boys run like take off running and they run away in the opposite direction and uh, Matthew McConaughey turns around and here's this this just built stout massive African with a like a burlap thing around his waist and uh, the translator looks at Matthew McConaughey and he says well uh, uh, Mr. McConaughey this is the actual uh, best fighter <laughs> in the village and Matthew McConaughey is just kind of like while this is trans- like it's just happening around him you know and he's not really doing anything but uh, then this guy obviously with in the middle of this village with people around walks up to Matthew McConaughey and pokes him right into the chest. And then he takes his his hand and he pokes himself in the chest. And then he points over there um, to the right, out right on the edge of the village. A little fighting area. To a, yeah, to a dirt pit that's just down there. Mm-hmm. And Matthew McConaughey doesn't know, what he's, doesn't know what's going on, but he says he's swallowed. <laughs> and all he can think about is what the African instrumentalist said, uh, live your life like dirt shit. Or like wet, wet shit, shit. Yeah. or you're gonna you're gonna regret it for the rest of your life, and so he steps up to this big African and he pokes this guy in the chest and then pokes back at his chest and then he points to the wet the the wet dirt pit, and supposedly like the village erupts like into like just like 
just craze. Like they're like yeah. they're like oh my Excited gosh, like for this like fight. our our village fighter is about to take on this um this American boxer. boxer. Yeah. yeah, and Matthew McConaughey is not a boxer at all. He's just Matthew McConaughey. And like yeah, he had a he had a rough life growing up, you know, and he was a tough kid. But like, man, that I don't want to take on an African tribesman out in the middle of nowhere. Dude, fight's dirty. Yo, I'm telling you. Well, they take off over to this dirt pit. And uh, he doesn't even know the rules. He doesn't even know the rules of the any of this. Yeah. And the chief has to come out here, and like they get into the pit, and supposedly everybody's just going crazy. Um, and he's looking at this this African, like just looking at him in the face, and this guy just, I mean, the sound just stud of a guy. And uh, the the translator doesn't. Know, I mean, this this isn't like it's the translator's village either, you know. And so yeah. he's like, Matthew Matthew doesn't even know what like he's sitting there like how is this gonna like transpire. And so they get out here, and the, the fighter basically just gets across from him and reaches down and grabs him on the hip. And uh, Matthew McConaughey follows suit and just reaches down and grabs him on the hip. And then the guy reaches down and grabs him on the other hip, and he follows suit and grabs him on the other hip. So now they're, they're standing there grabbing hips, and the, the guy nestles his forehead right into the, the crook of his uh, shoulder neck area. And so... McConaughey follows suit, and he nestles his forehead right into the the crook of this African's shoulder, shoulder area. And then the African keeps, they keep walking backwards until they're almost balanced at a plane out here in the middle with their legs straight back. And at this point, they're obviously just holding the position, and the chief comes out there, and he grabs both of their heads, puts, puts his hand on both of their heads, and starts talking with the crowd, and they get real quiet. And then all of a sudden he just yells, Hut! like or whatever he yells, you know, I don't know what the yeah. heck they yell over there. And they take to fighting. They take to fighting out there. And uh, Matthew McConaughey's got dominated and I guess what they would call, or what they call the first round, he said he was bleeding from his knees, his elbows, he said his face. And they weren't throwing fists, they were just throwing each other to the ground. And it, so basically it's kind of like some form of jujitsu, but obviously not as proper. Yeah, just um, wrestling. Just yeah, some sort of just crazy wrestling. Um, and he said after they called the first round and they had to get back into position, he was bloody and he was sweaty, and this guy hadn't even broken a sweat. Like he like hadn't even done anything, you know. And uh, they lined back up and the the chief does it again. They ended up doing three rounds, and at the third round, both of these guys fought back and forth until they both stopped from exhaustion. I mean, just from, like, pure exhaustion. And the chief stopped it. He grabbed them both by the hands and picked them up, and he raised both of their arms up, and everybody started cheering, and this this African he was fighting just took off sprinting, just took off sprinting from the village. And they, I mean, great. Like, they were just celebrating. Like, in er- and, of course, he's just dog-tired. Um, um, but basically, they didn't call the winner of the fight. They just, they just tied. They just called the fight. They tied. Yeah, um, and that next morning, when they woke up to go to the next village, at standing at the edge of the village was the big fighter, and uh, Matthew McConaughey walked out there with his translator, and this fighter took Matthew McConaughey's hand, and walked him hand in hand eighteen miles to the next village. It's a long fucking way. Yeah, long way. Hand in hand, just holding his hand, just walked him to the next village, dropped him off there, and uh, did the motherfucker walk back? Yeah, he walked back alone. 
Thirty-six miles in a day, dude. I'm telling you. But supposedly, it turns out that 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 guy wasn't just the best fighter of the village. He was the best fighter of the whole native the nation area. of the of all the villages. Yeah. And so he basically had to take it to the next village to let them know that, like, hey, like this dude fought me, and hmm. I'm telling you, I was, oh, I was I was giddy reading that. I couldn't I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. Yeah. But dude. Over in Africa, not knowing anybody, and then 20, 28, 29 years old, Matthew McConaughey left his mark, left his wet shit mark on Africa, yeah. and I mean, of course, it left its mark on him because he did it. Wow, I, I can't imagine. I th- I think now is a good time for us to take a drink break because I'm empty, Jacob's almost empty, so we're gonna take a quick drink break, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. All right. Sorry, folks. Thank you for uh, letting us take a, a little drink break. Pee break, drink break. Yeah. I'm out of uh, soda from my gym. So, David, uh, I finished one, and we got hooked up. I got a ranch water from me now. Uh, so, <coughs> if there's one thing you can take from this podcast, it's you got to drink Topo Chico tequila lime. Lime. Well, hey. Just so the folks know, we were just talking about this, but Topo Chico just released uh, <coughs> a hard seltzer. Yeah, I haven't had it yet. I haven't had it yet either. Um, but uh, yeah, my, I just I've heard it. good things about it. I mean, you saw it; they were drinking what they said about it. Yeah. So my uh, my aunt got married um, a couple weekends ago, and I actually handed her off because you know my granddad passed yeah, away; yeah. he couldn't do it. So. My new step cousins, I guess is who they are. Yeah. Um, they had some. Wow. And yeah, I didn't. I didn't drink any of them. They offered them to me, but I was like, Nah, I don't worry about it. You know. I'm surprised you didn't take it, being a Topo Chico pro as you are. <sighs> I should have. I tell you what. Yeah. I'm I know. I wish I would have now, but they were drinking it, and they were like, I mean, they had nothing but good things to say about it. Yeah. Um, about the old Topo Chico. Dude, I'm telling you, Topo Chico. I can't believe I didn't start drinking these before. Um, well, you don't. I mean, drinking the mineral water like you are, it's almost like you're hydrating while you're. Exactly. Yeah, it's like because you don't wake up with any sort of hangover or anything like that because no. you're drinking mineral water and yeah. tequila. Yeah, and lime. You know, lime. it's like it's like a you're drinking fruit, water, a little bit of minerals in the water, a little bit of sodium. You know. Yeah. Keep you hydrated. And then just a little bit of tequila, too. So it does you well. But yeah, they were drinking that at the wedding. Um, my new step-cousin and her friend, who, let me tell you, her friend wore white to the wedding. Did she? Not big no-go, huh? Big no-go. Yeah, what I guess. she thinking? White I don't know. Wedding. but White to the wedding. Well, see and see, I didn't even notice, actually, because, like, I, you know, I don't do all that kind of shit. But uh, my... Uh, I can't remember if it was my sister or my mom that was talking about it the next day. And I was like, oh, yeah, she was wearing white, wasn't she? And they were like, yeah, you can't do that at a wedding. And I was like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know that. But apparently it's a huge deal. Don't wear white to a wedding unless you're the bride. Yeah, I knew that. But, I mean, a lot of people a lot of people getting married over here. I've been to a lot of weddings in the last couple of months, the last couple. And I've got, heck, I've got my cousins coming up, and I'm the best man for that one. Yeah. Chase. Chase, yeah. I was just the best man for Matt. 
I'm honored to be the best man in all these. But no, let's get back to it because me and David were just out. We were just out at a place in Cartersville. Um, with your dad. Yeah, with my dad. And my dad, uh, my pops texted me while I was at work. He said, "Hey, you want to have dinner?" I said, "Yeah, I get off at 6. And he said, "Hey, let's meet up. Let's meet up down in down in Cartersville at Eight Track." It's A T E Track. Yeah, Eight Track, and it's a. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you what, uh, it's like a step back in time. They even the the TV shows on the TV were old, old TV, TV shows. Show. Yeah, it one was, called Alice, right? Yeah, Alice was on the TV. Never heard of it. Yeah, I never heard of it either. But I mean, it looked like it would have been a dang good show back in the day. It looked right. like a good show while I was in there. You know, not even back in the day. I wish it was still mm-hmm. there. I'd, I'd probably tune in to Miss Alice. She's she's pretty cute. They need to bring back the big hair, dude. Dude, I'm telling you. I like the big hair. I I like seeing women. I like seeing women put effort into their appearance. <laughs> That's what I like to see. That's what I like to see. Like I'm not hating on women nowadays, cause I mean, Lord knows, y'all are still as pretty as you were back then. But I mean, you know, I'm kind of tired of the sweatpants and the t-shirts. <laughs> like, like I want to, like I want y'all to bring it back. I want I want looking good to be a, a thing again. I mean, you don't know what the women like that actually looked like back then. All you see is, you know, like pictures of people from shows and stuff. Dude, of course, they're all dolled up. I mean, yeah, they're all the dolled up. But uh, even when you see pictures of, like the old spring breaks and stuff like that down at the beach, like these girls, I'm telling you, uh, there was something in the Budweiser back in the day because they were. Yeah, the the hair, the big hair, dude. Big hair. Huge fan of. Oh yeah, big fan of it too. Just get. I mean, just spending a little bit of effort. On the appearance, you know, like I spend effort on my appearance. You know, I, I, I clean up my neck. I, I go I go get my hair done. I get my hair cut more than a man should, honestly. But uh, I would get my hair cut once a month. Yeah, but every every other week. Yeah, man, it's a little extra. But I mean, heck, I had to get it cut the other night when we I was headed up to Jasper. Yeah. Um, and they let me know that they were paying me with taking me out. And I was like, I can't go out looking like this. I, my hair's not even cut. And I had to stop. I was on my way up to Jasper, up 575. Called a called a barbershop in Ballground. Ended up pulling over in Ballground. Let a nice lady named Joe give me, I mean, she cleaned up my fade before I went out that night. Just so I could look good while I was out. So. Did it work? Yeah. Here I am, alone. <laughs> so no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I guess. Uh, maybe, that, maybe that's the thing nowadays. You get... Like, maybe I need to start looking homeless and some girl will come along and won't do. Are the fades, you know, are the fades in? Like, I don't know. Do women like them? I don't know. That's what I keep getting. Maybe I should change it up. I think the only reason you get a fade is because, you know, you're a cadet and that's just what you got. Well. The only reason I get a fade is because, you know. Well, the thing is, like. I got my first fade, and I was like, man, I like the way this looks. <laughs> I like the way a fade looks. I, like I don't know if girls like the way a fade looks. Well, maybe we need to take a poll. Y'all get ready. Kenody Patriots are going to hey, take tell a it, poll. Tell us if yeah. you want shoot us a fades d- or Shoot not. us a DM on Instagram. Yeah, of course, we got our email, uh, Patriots at outlook.com. We got and Jacob single, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe we'll just post a picture of our fades and <laughs> let, let people comment on how we look. Yeah. I'm telling you, maybe, maybe fades aren't in. Maybe, well, I, I mean, because, I mean, a couple, well, now, I mean, mullets are in now, no doubt about it. Uh, it's only a matter of time before for some Hey, I had a mullet before it was cool again. I had a mullet in high school for, like, three days maybe, until my mom found out. Maybe I'll just start rocking a mustache. Maybe that's the way to go. 
No fade mustache. Well, if you're gonna pull the mustache off, you gotta be a piece of shit fucking drug dealer too. Then you can have the mustache. Hmm. I think I could work on that. For whatever reason, if you're a piece of shit and you got a trash stash, girls like I girls mean, like it. I don't think drug dealers go alone. You know, I think they. I do. mean, if you look like a fucking bum, apparently, I think I think looking like a fucking bum, looking like a bum. Wrong. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I enjoy a woman who actually cares about her appearance. Um, so maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe we all just need to stop giving a shit about how we look. Yeah. I'll stop shaving my neck. <laughs> stop getting my hair cut. I'll stop putting on deodorant. Maybe have a little B.O. <laughs> stop showering. That's him, I think. Just, damn. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, uh, it's 8-Track Place. 8-Track, yeah. Uh, it's fucking good. They got a bunch of old beers. They have old, and they're, I mean, just the decorations in the place. They're They're decorated with old stereos. Old, old uh, like posters from old, old concerts yeah, old, and stuff. Yeah, old posters, concerts. They play old, old music. I mean, it's not even old music. It's just classics, man. They're playing classics the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a heck of a vibe. A lot of Led Zeppelin. Well, yeah. And I mean, the just the stairs everywhere. A bunch of old beer, um, signs and right neon lights. Neon and light. Stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Eight track. Eight track. I had some beers I never had before. Yeah. Uh, Lone Star and Bex. I've yeah. never had either. I've heard of those. people talk about Lone Star because when Dylan, yeah, I mean, obviously it's been yeah. in Texas. Well, when Dylan was working on the pipeline, he was driving out to Texas. He was bringing Lone Star back with him, mm-hmm. um, and he brought he brought my dad Lone Star back. I didn't know I could get Lone Star anywhere in Georgia, but by gosh, you can get it at eight track. I've never seen it actually. You never seen Lone Star? Well, you said you not never in the stores. It. Yeah, at least I've never seen it in stores either. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, it's pretty good. I mean, I wouldn't say it's anything super special. Honestly, it was just I felt like it was nostalgic. Yeah, I mean, the the whole place felt nostalgic though. But like you know, like just realistically speaking, though, there's really not that much special about Lone Star. No, it's just regular old beer, regular old American lager. Damn right. I liked it. Yeah, felt like an old Chevy commercial. (laughs) Yeah, sitting in an eight track bar drinking a regular old American lager. Get back to your American roots. Yeah, exactly. Drive a Chevy. And the, the food was good, too. Man, I'll tell you what, that burger was that burger was popping. I mean... That pimento cheeseburger, dude. Holy fuck, dude. It was so good. Well, I didn't have bacon. You had the avocado. I had the avocado. And I had yeah. bacon on it. You had bacon on your pepperoni, too. I did. Man, I'm telling you what, 8-Track. There's, there's, there's a couple places out there that I just... You know, I'll eat 8-Track I'll eat again. Yeah, I I can't. I really want to get an, a spirits burger. I've been craving one for a long time. From spirits. From spirits. You never eat spirits. Eaten. And I text. I was I was texting one of my friends the other day. I texted her, and I said I was in the morning. Oh, it was kind of in the morning, but uh, I was craving. Uh, there's a place up in uh, Banner Elk, North Carolina. Yeah. And while I was up there, I was up there with Chris. Um, and we went out to eat in Banner Elk, and there was a place, and it was a little hole in the wall, and they had a bison burger, and I don't even remember it being that good, yeah. but I remember, I just know the other day, I was craving one. I was absolutely. Maybe the fact that it was bison. I don't know, man. It was it was a good burger, and I was craving it the other day. They put like a jelly on it, uh, so it was like a burger, and then they had like a jelly on the burger, mm. like a, it wasn't like a, like a. Like a, not like a grape jelly. It wasn't it was like a grape like jelly. A it was like a pepper jelly. Right. Like they put like a pepper jelly. I've on had the pepper burger. jelly before. It's good as fuck. Yeah, pepper jelly is good. Well, if you throw that yeah. on top of a bison burger, yeah, in the middle of North Carolina while it's freezing cold, right? Oh man, yeah. you you are you you damn close to heaven. 
I was on a cruise with Chloe's family, and they had like some kind of roasted lamb with mint jelly. Yeah. Does not sound good, right? Mint jelly. Roasted the, lamb and mint jelly. Who the fuck eats mint jelly, right? Yeah, I didn't even know that like was a thing. Leaves? Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, but roasted lamb and mint jelly. Does it taste like a thin mint? Or that's a soft one. I don't know. I, when I think of mint, I don't fucking know. I can't I think remember, of mint, I think of peppermint. I think of like gum. I think of thin mints with the Girl Scout cookies. And I don't fucking know, but I remember it was pretty damn good though. It was like, I don't know, like a, almost like a. They cooked. They it was sort of like they served it sort of like roast beef, right? Like you cook a roast beef in a damn crock pot, right? Got a little bit of gravy with it, you know. Same thing with this lamb, but then it had like this mint jelly little, fucking scoop of mint jelly and you would just kind of fork it on there and then just eat it yeah man Chew it. now my mind's on like not only on mint and thin mints I don't know what do they sell Girl Scout cookies right now is it Girl Scout cookies oh, I'm telling you what I'd love some Girl Scout cookies I'm craving some Girl Scout cookies right now I could go for some Samoas I'm more of a tag along kind of tag along see I have that peanut allergy that I've been going back and forth against hate to see uh, it but you know, did they make tagalongs with uh, pecan? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> that would taste like yeah. ass. Pecan? Yeah, dude. I'm telling you what. Pecan butter's ass compared to peanut butter. Well, that pecan butter that you had with the sweet potatoes was Ooh. pretty damn good. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of pecan butter. Um, but I tell the, you what. That's the only choice you have. That's the only choice. Yeah. Because I can't eat anything else. Any other butter. Almond butter. Peanut butter. I'm, I'm cooked, dude. I'm a big pecan guy. Dude, if you, if you, like, uh, so, Chloe had a friend in high school. I mean, I went to high school with her, too, but I wasn't as good friends with her as Chloe was. And she was deathly allergic to peanuts. Yeah. But she was essentially giving her body a little bit of a peanut every day Mm. to try to train her body to get used to peanuts, basically. You want to do that? You want me to train her every day with you? I mean, just try like a like a quarter of a peanut. Yeah, just and maybe Scoop. maybe if one if one of our listeners gets me in touch with some some girl who's selling Girl Scout cookies, I'll just drive to the hospital and sit outside and down a whole box of tagalongs. Just like, all right, <laughs> just, come get me. <laughs> I'm just fucked. To, just to admit myself. What'd you do? I'm allergic to peanuts, but I want to down this box of tagalongs. So uh, I just waited right out here and. Yep. Fix me up. Send me home. I don't. I mean, hey, sounds like a good trade off to me. I, golly. I miss the tagalongs are good. Tagalongs are good. I can't remember the last time I ate one. Golly, I haven't had Girl Scout cookies. Actually, I do remember the last time I had Girl Scout cookies. It was in Afghanistan. Were you? We got a shit ton of Girl Scout cookies. The Girl Scouts you sent them over? I don't fucking know. But my platoon sergeant actually was a Girl Scout cookie hookup. Ah. He would make us come to his room to get Girl Scout cookies because he had so much. You had a plug. I did. You had a Girl Scout cookie. And plug. I had no choice. Maybe if I grow up my mustache, I he, could just sell Girl Scout cookies. He would text us and be like, hey, come get Girl Scout cookies right now. What are you going to do? Tell him fuck off? No. Hell no. You just go grab Girl Scout cookies. Did you have cookies? to pay? Did you have to pay for them? No. Oh, you, so you just had a Girl Scout cookie plug? Yeah. Wow. Do the Girl Scout cookies send, send cookies to Afghanistan? I don't know how he got them. I just know that I was told to go get Girl Scout cookies, and so that's what I did. It does as it is told. Are the Girl Scout cookies profiting off of war? <laughs> Probably. 
Is that what this is? They're in cahoots with our military. No, I think complex. I think <laughs> I think honestly, his wife probably bought a shit ton and just shipped them over. Uh, or maybe we just need to look into this stuff. This stuff. Just Girl Scouts are profiting off of war. Yeah, Those we need to follow the money. Bitches. Yeah, sons of yeah, they're actually the ones behind Israel and Palestine right now. They just <laughs> want to sell more damn cookies. <laughs> Those damn Girl Scouts. They selling cookies out the wazoo. Golly, that's what this whole war is over. It's Samoa. Girl Scouts. Samoas or tagalongs. Pick yeah. your side. Damn, yeah. probably fucking money laundering too. <laughs> Girl Scout cookies running. Somebody's America. getting rich as hell off the Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> They run America. Oh, goodness. Oh, I tell you what. Yep. But, but, buddy, I got work tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's about time to cut this one off. This has been a pretty good conversation. I tell you what. Well, y'all, thanks for tuning in to the Pinhoti Patriots. We'll be back sooner or later. Um, Yeah, that's about, yeah, we'll be back sooner or later. I'm Jacob. I'm David. Y'all have a good one.